neighbor. Welcome to the Overly Medicated Podcast, Episode 2, Perceptions and Misconceptions. This is Dan. Just wanted to take a second to welcome you to the second edition of this podcast. I'll also make you aware that uh, it is up on iTunes, and so please uh, check us there. Please take a minute of your time and give us the best review you can so we can get the word out that we exist and also share this on the different forms of social media that you move on. We would greatly appreciate that. So that's all the announcements I'm going to make for now. We will have a Facebook group and a Twitter account up for Overly Medicated here in the next week. So you can enter the dialogue conversation in the days ahead. Be looking for that and we'll have more to say about that in the future. So without further ado, let's get mental. Hey guys, Darren here. And this is Dan, and you are... Part of Overly Medicated, episode two, after about two months. Yes, our introduction. We want to be a little more regular. Mm-hmm. Regular in the sense of, well, I want to be regular, regular, but I want to be regular. I know me too. I would like to go to the bathroom every day, but you know. But I want a podcast every, at least every other week. Yes. And so, but this is not a podcast about being regular because we're not regular. No, we're not regular. And chances reg- are... You're not regular either, and we don't want you to be regular, because... Who wants to be regular? Regular people are not nice people. Who tells us to be normal when we're all... When no, we're, when we're not the same people? Yeah. When we're no all. two is the same. And so, chances are, you grew up thinking, I'm just a little bit different. Well, the person sitting next to you probably did too, and so... But uh, we're going to go a little deeper here. Uh, what we want to do really is just kind of layer these episodes. And again, um, we're not medical professionals. Um, We're better than medical professionals. We are because we've experienced it on several levels. We are medical um, experientialists. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, and so... We're drug enthusiasts, um, not drug addicts. (laughs) And we're not even drug enthusiasts. We're... we're, uh, That's That's my humor. Yeah, we're just uh, overly medicated, um, and uh, we'll get more into that side of things and the systemic side of things later on. But uh, just to kind of give you some backstory, we kind of gave you our personal testimonies or, you know, backstories of our diagnoses in the past. But we're two guys, two, uh, I guess we're middle-aged now. Middle-aged I am. friends I'm, since I, we were 17? Yeah. Um, and I was 17. You were 17, I was, what am I, about seven years older than you are, so. And, um, yeah, we've been doing life together for a long, long time, and we could write a book on life that uh, we've done together. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, and so we, we thought to get together and talk about a subject that we both know more about than we really care to know about, and that's um, the subject of mental illness, the subject of the mental health care system, um, and to try to approach it in a respectful yet disrespectful way, um, irreverent in, way. Yeah, an honest way. Honest way. An honest and very blunt approach so that people out there like you 
know whether or not what's right for you and from people who have had many first-hand experiences in several different fields. Like I've said, I've worked for the school district. Dan has done th other things that he has, the counseling, so many hours of counseling, and he has so, so much many hours of counseling. experience yeah, so. at this. And <laughs> so we, we both have had a variety of different experiences in different fields. Like I said, I've worked in the school district mainly with, with kids that had the same problems I did. So it was yeah. an experience. We would like to share that experience with you. And Yeah, so we, we, would, we really wanted to get into the beginning, okay? Um, we have our brains, our little brains are full of ideas to talk with you about you know, when it comes to um, mental health, medication. Um, but we wanted to start with a topic I feel like that, you know, was it, uh, who was the guy who did the, Wayne and Garth, who was, <laughs> uh, did, um, Dana, Mike, Car Dana Carvey and Mike Myers. Mike Myers, he did this, uh, Party Jewish, time! No, he did this Jewish character on SNL. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, talk amongst yourselves. And, and yeah, 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 yeah. And so, uh, yeah, pick a topic yeah. and go talk to you. So we're going to pick a topic tonight, and the topic is, uh, perceptions and misconceptions uh, particularly around mental health or a diagnosis or going to seek help. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's... Can I interject something here? Please do. You're kind of dominating the conversation right now. It's irritating me. Well, I, I, I have a propensity to... Oh, you, well, yeah. you're not, you have an agenda to speak to, right? Okay, go ahead. I'm okay. sorry for interrupting. I'm, <laughs> I'm over... It's the meds, okay? It is. I, it is. It it's is. Blame the meds. Um, I'm kind of the... Yeah... We're kind of like sportscasters. I'm kind of the play-by-play, -play, and you're you're kind of like the John Madden. I'm the guy that comes in with the anger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you bring the emotion. Uh, you're I'm I'm a Spock to your Kirk, basically in this deal. You're the one that tells me with anger. You're the one that makes me see a psychiatrist. I've always blamed Bigfoot. You're the one that makes me see a psychiatrist. Now I know what the problem is. I always thought I'm I was, leaving. I always thought I was Batman. I'm leaving. Turns out I'm Bigfoot. Okay. A uh, running joke among us is whenever um, we experience a problem in life, circumstances, <laughs> we blame Bigfoot it's big for it. Um, and so, you know, he's a, he, he's a cryptid. He can handle it. We got to use... He's eight we, foot tall, three foot wide. Please use the proper nomenclature and be respectful of Bigfoot. Is it big... It, it, if there... Big... If there's more than one Bigfoot, is it big foots or big feet? It's a really good question. Call Steve... Wait a minute, he's dead. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, too soon? Yeah, too soon. Okay. That was too soon. Um, <laughs> that was too okay. soon. Okay. Um, anyway, I don't think he was a Bigfoot expert, but he was an expert. Billy was a Bigfoot expert. He just, yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, so perceptions, mis misconceptions. Um, a lot of you guys out there, um, and we're dealing with anyone here probably from the age of 13 to 80, I would think. And so we're dealing hopefully with an audience of Hawaii, you know. A lot of you out there have a hard time doing life, and let me. I'm. I just gotta. Okay, I'm gonna. I gotta pick picture an age. I gotta speak to a person here that's not in front of me, but you're in front of me. Let's say you're a young twenty-something. You know, you're out of high school. You're, maybe you're working a job. Maybe you're going to college. In life, in your mind, and the thoughts in your mind just tend to dominate in, in a negative way, and. But you don't necessarily want to tell anybody because you don't want to be stigmatized. 
because you're worried about perceptions and misconceptions. Now, let me throw this to you since I'm talking so much. Um, I, can throw you out, I can throw you out a very good example of this right now. Okay, shoot. This was something probably the biggest known secret that I held secret for my entire life since I was 15 years old. You I, are, in fact, Batman. Yeah, I am Batman. I know I'm Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> I, uh... I used to see things and hear voices, and I didn't know what they were. And because of perceptions and misconceptions, if you say, you know, I knew that, you know, after time I figured out that it was schizophrenia, which is what I have, along with other, along with other diagnoses. 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 Yeah. Diagnoses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Are we talking about the archdiocese or diagnoses? Well... We're talking about CCs, which is the amount of medication they give um, in dosages. No, I'm just lost. Yeah. Okay, so uh, back to your story. So yeah, you know, mis you know, misconception was I was worried about telling people about this. I never told my family. I never told anybody. He never told me until this year. Yeah, I never told. Yeah, and, and seventeen him, years he, of being friends. He's my best. You know, I call Dan my best friend just like, because he is. And I am. And uh, I have. I never told anybody because when you tell somebody that, if you if you tell somebody express that you're feeling sad or something, they immediately have a perception or misconception about what's going wrong with you or schizophrenia that you're immediately labeled as crazy. Mm -hmm. And we're here to eliminate those perceptions, conceptions, and have you understand that it's not misconception. There, there are there, but. It is what it is. It is what it is, yes. I yes. mean, you, you know, I'll, I'll bring my wife into the picture here. She, um, without her glasses, she cannot see. Exactly. I mean, she has really probably, could almost be declared legally blind without some form of eyewear to help her see. Um, and whenever I get down about, oh, man, I wish, man, I just got to take medication to be normal. And she's like, she always points at her glasses. You know, it's, it's just the way of life. I was either born or developed a, a chemical really, imbalance in my head. Yeah. That's a good strategy. Um, and, and so, yeah, and Darren and I were raised in the same um, um, church denomination, and it was a lot about, and again, nothing against that, um, but it was a lot about where's your faith, um, you know, certainly until the past maybe 20 years, you would never be recommended medication for any reason whatsoever, because yeah. you should be able to have a, a Bible verse, or you know, be able to pray it through, or go to the front for prayer, and and, and I'm not against, you know, certainly we're not against all those things, but but we want to hit on when is it time to seek a doctor's help for the thoughts that are racing around in your mind, or your depression, or your panic attacks, or your anxiety, or perhaps you know, on a level like Darren's talking about, where you know. Um, you're actually seeing things, or in my case with OCD, you have these um, ticks in your brain, these gears in your brain that make you think irrationally at times. Um, I can think back to elementary school where I was fastidious on certain things that were non-issues to most people. Me too. Just, I had, Me too. I didn't have the filters to filter out the non-essential that most people have. And you may be like that. Uh, does that mean... I guess we just wanted to talk about a, how does society view mental illness today, and, and b, um, when do you know whether it's just life, you know, you, you experience a loss or a grief or you have bad 
grade on a test or, you know, a disappointment and you're depressed for a while, well, you don't necessarily go to the doctor for that. There is, you know, friendships, there is places to go to, but there is a time and a place where you've done that and to seek professional help, and again, I put that in quotes because that can be a very taboo word as well, to seek medical attention for that would be the right thing to do. And so, you know, just based upon, and I just wanted to get into, and I, we kind of talked about this as we were driving today, um, uh, driving Mr. Darren. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, is thinking back to before you and I were in the healthcare system, as far as taking medication for any form of mental whatever. And between the two of us, we have probably taken anything you could probably look up on Google. Yeah. And, and so, but there was a time in, where I was not diagnosed until I was in my 30s. And I think you were a lot younger than that. Yeah. So what was like life like for, what was life like for you before, before the system? Well, yeah, that's, I wanted to go into that. Like, life before, well, okay, so, I don't know if I have said this, but the first time that I ever realized that something was wrong was I was at a funeral at the church, and... It's it, a freaky story, man. And I was, I don't remember who the person was because it's so blocked out in my memory because it was trauma, so traumatizing to me. When I was 15 years old, I was at a, at, the, at a funeral at the casket, and the body talked to me. And the dead person talked to me. And, um... It took me two weeks to get over you when you told me that story. I just want to... Yeah. Thank you for two weeks of... <laughs> Sorry, of, of nightmares? Yeah. Yeah. But you lived it. Yeah, I... I yeah, I... I, mean, I what, did you, what did you think? What did you feel at that moment? Did you, did you think it was real? Or did you think uh, it was... To me, it was completely real. I talked back to the person, and then people are like, who are you talking to? And then next thing I know, people are asking me who I was talking to in church. But I didn't really. But but at first it was. I, I thought it was complete. It was totally real in my mind, it's which is right? the which is the nature of schizophrenia. When you're in it, it's totally real, and it was totally real. But what, I never said anything to any about anybody about it. So then it came to a it came to a time of just complete confusion, to where I immediately knew that I needed to seek help. So within a year, I was getting help, but I didn't go in for schizophrenia. I went in for other things, anxiety and depression, because I thought it was just depression. I didn't know that it was schizophrenia. I knew that I was hearing voices, something was wrong, but I never said anything. And then there came a point to where I... where I just knew that, okay, I'm I'm depressed, something's wrong, something is wrong. And my body was telling me, my body and my mind were telling me, throughout everything of me rejecting it because I did not want to accept anything. I did not want... These voices to me, I kept saying, they're not real. They're not real in my head. They're not rare. This is just a figment of my imagination. But the experience was real. But yeah, the experience was so real in my mind that I could never... That that would never leave my mind so that I had to seek help. And that mean, And that's, that's when I came to a point where I knew I needed to seek help was because it was... It was so dominating me, and I knew that it would just get worse if I don't. You know, and I, I remember, Darren, because even though you never told me the extent, I remember the conversation we had. I think you were in your late teens, early 20s, and I had just started, I had just been diagnosed with OCD, and I'll talk a little about my, my backstory here in a second, but I remember we sat down and talked, and I recommended, because you had never taken meds before, it really wasn't. It wasn't that it was discouraged, in you know the circles we moved in, but no, it wasn't encouraged. 
And it really wasn't a thing. We're talking 20 years ago. I mean, yeah. The taboos and the perceptions and misconceptions 20 years ago were different than they are today. Thankfully, it's gotten better, I believe. Yes. But um, I remember recommending to you, maybe you should go on some Prozac or some Pasco or things like And I never told you this before. This is like, yeah, we're, we're getting real on for the first time. Well, now I'm curious. I, 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 I've always wondered whether I was the one that puts you in the system. Never. And if nope. it nope. was the best thing, whether you were better off for it. It was my own, it was my own, it was of my own fruition. I, I, I knew, I was smart enough back then to know now and what most, what, like what we're trying to convey here is when to see a doctor, misconceptions, misconceptions, uh, misconceptions, and when's the right time for you to see a doctor. But I knew in my mind, Without, I mean, I waited probably, I don't know how long, but it wasn't quite a full year before I went. So it was before 16 when I went, so my first psychiatrist. But I knew that there was something, by seeing things, I knew that it was wrong. I knew that it was not natural. And then, then when I would hear voices and talk back to them, it was not natural. I knew, and when I come out of it, I was scared. I was terrified. My backstory was, uh, even from, um, I remember, my first memory of this is in elementary school, and just being fastidious about how correct my words were. And if they weren't absolutely correct, then I was lying, and God was not pleased with that. It's, it's always been tied together with my relationship with God. Uh, that began, as I got older, that began to spill out uh, into everyday things, like driving. And uh, uh, it got to the point where, and it, it sounds strange, but this is how real um, mental illness can be, even though it's not real that um, I would be driving on the road, I'd be watching my speed limit. If I would go two miles over the speed limit, even going down a hill, I would have to con confess that to God. Um, if I drove on the lines in the street, I would have to confess that to God because I was causing taxpayer payer money because they were going to have to paint that sooner than, than later. Silly stuff. You know, I could never pray enough. I could never read my Bible enough. Uh, every uh, situation where I would go try to help somebody, I would walk away feeling that I should have done this, I should have done that. Someone would die, and I would um, beat myself up for not being the one to, if I didn't know if they had a relationship with God, um, you know, I should have went to them. I should have, and I, I just took it all upon myself. And Condemnation. Yeah, uh, legalism, condemnation. And it was in my 30s where... The things that destroy you. I, I went to my first therapist, and this wasn't even a doctor. Met with him, great guy, for three or four times. And he basically, he said, I'm going to take a few minutes to process this. And so he walked out of the room. And he came in and said, um, Dan, I, I don't think I'm the one you're looking for. I don't think I have the answers for you. There was no diagnosis. There was no recommendation on where to go from here really it was just i i, I don't know um well what I, I think we're done and he didn't say i think we're done but yeah but that was pretty much that it was it that's are you serious yeah and it was huh. probably i'm going to say about a year later that i went to my second therapist and she was a uh, swedish um hildeborg torbjornsson whoa that's that's intense. She actually, that's gonna have that's gonna take one of our entire, Norwegian. She, our entire sessions to make fun of that name. We're gonna name one of our sessions Hildeborg Torbjörnsson, <laughs> or our next rock band Hildeborg Torbjörnsson. Yeah. I think she was Norwegian and um, wonderful lady. I think she moved back home a few years ago, but um, to Norway, Nor Norway, Nor Nor Norway, 
Norway. Yeah. She didn't like die and go to heaven. She went back home to Norway, and um, and so uh, yeah, and she's the one who said she listened to me, and she said, you know what? It sounds like you have OCD. And she began to explain to me what that was, and she began to. She couldn't prescribe medication. How old were you again? I'm going to say like 31, 32. I had kids by this time. Elisa, yeah. Alyssa. Oh, I remember. I remember. Yes, I remember this. And, um, um, yeah. And so it took me, even going to the system, I didn't go necessarily to the right place. And so. Someone just shut you out right away without even trying. Yeah. Well-intentioned person, but didn't at least, at least hand off. I mean, if they don't have the answers, at least don't. Don't leave them hanging, you know. Pa- pass them off to someone else and things, but, but, um, yeah. So let me let me shoot this back to you, Darren. Um, I, you know, I've never been to a doctor that's never ever said that, and that's that's wrong. I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. Right, go ahead. I'll. Uh, it was over 20 years ago, and so yeah. my deep seated grief over the matter. <laughs> yeah, been, I'm sure you're over it. Um, but um, okay. Um, we threw out the thing that okay, public perception of mental illness is better now than it was 25 years ago. Definitely. But where is it at today? Today, okay, if you want my opinion on where where people have perceived mental illnesses today, it is, I have several perceptions of it. I have several, I have several, I say my opinions, I have several opinions on this. I think we've came many numerous strides in effectively not just in the medic in the medicate in the medical field as far as medications and that goes but as far as medical st- as far as strides in therapy different therapeutic processes different things finding ways groups coping groups social groups face groups networking groups my my depression anxiety group that I go to you know there's there's therapy at the, at the anybody you can go to a place anywhere in town and you can get free funding if you sign up for it and you could go to see a psychiatrist. I know this. I've been through many states. I've lived in so many states. And um, what was it in a while? Um, public perception of how how does do the masses oh, view mental yeah. illness? And so we, we've made a lot of we've made, we've made we've made a lot of strides. But as you see in the media what goes along a lot in the media? Uh, what goes along a lot in the media, and I won't trust me. I won't go into my my uh, political rants because I insert yeah. sinister music here. And, uh, yeah, I got to put the Darth Vader theme. Okay, go ahead. But they, what they've, what what I think now, mental illness has become a scapegoat. I oh. I think that I think that right now, like uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite singers, Chris Cornell. You know, he killed himself. And then Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park, after then, he hung himself and killed himself. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. And all they do, the first thing the media looks for, you know, when it comes to, okay, let's say a gun shooting or violence. They look for hate. They look, is it, you know, hate crime? Their mind immediately, misconceptions and Preconceptions and misconceptions. Misconception is the first thing you go towards. Is it a hate crime when someone's shot? They meet, and that's where that's the media Terrorism. stuff ingrained mm-hmm. into your head through whatever you see or read or hear. When you need to make a decision by the facts, and yeah. the misconception now is that I think that people are using mental illness as a scapegoat, and they're trying to blame the medications that people are consciously knowing that I. 
and Dan and you, perhaps you yourself and millions of other people are putting in their body that are legally prescribed, legally prescribed, and they're taking them and they, and they have every right to stop them when they want to. And if, you know, and I've done this myself, I've gone off and on meds. I know this and they've made it kind of a scapegoat to where it's when someone dies or over, you know, or dies of a drug, as famous star. Oh, it's a medication. It was because he was on, you know, antidepressants and antidepressants. Michael Jackson, get, yeah, Michael Jackson. Well, he was doing he was doing propofol. He was taking ba- the drug that they use to put you under for surgery. Didn't his doctor get? Yeah, his doctor got put in prison for that. Yeah, yeah. but they I think they've used it too much as blaming it on medications and medications are not necessarily a bad thing when it when the time comes when you feel you need them. That is my opinion. Yeah, I think medications prescribed by a professional that's a good professional in the proper quantity with proper observation and stuff, they're not going to make a good person bad or a bad person good. I mean, there's heart issues there. Like I, I, I can't remember the name of the one of the more recent school shootings where he, the the young man, was definitely accused of mental illness. And oh how, yeah. And there were signs of this that should have been caught by the local police department and by federal government and things like and that. And by parents. And yeah. I mean, the signs were there. Um, uh, but it came back to he was basically it was a mental illness issue. Now, if you go out and you perform some sort of heinous act like this no doubt there is some people yeah. just don't go out and, that are doing well mentally just don't go out and do this yeah go um, off the go off the hook but those are extremist circumstances you know but man if we could dig a little deeper into that man's past and i'm not excusing him what he did was horrible um you know god have mercy on his soul but what led him yeah there's a whole decades worth of story behind this that we haven't heard. It could be from since he was five years old. You know, it could be however long. Yeah. Like all the rest of us, we I'm sure everybody here that we're talking to has suffered probably for years. And something was missed. It may have been missed by parents. It may have been, you know, and we were talking earlier just about, you know, um, I'm I'm on the tail end of the genera- uh, Generation X. I think you're, you're, you know, in Generation X as well. And my kids are, are millennials and just... A difference in mindset. We're all the same, but we we also think very very differently. And you know, I was raised pretty old school, and that came with a lot of baggage. But you know, the parents of my generation went the opposite direction of being very lenient and very permission granting and very, mm-hmm. you know, Johnny and Betty can do no wrong. And they erred on the opposite direction to where there's abuse, there's health, and there's abuse on on either side of that. And so. Um, yeah, um, let's just get back to, you know, how do you know whether you're just going through a rough time or w- what are the indicators that you're just going through a phase and a rough time? Well, let me ask you that question. When you're sitting there, let's say, okay, so right now, when you're sitting there and right now you seem to be doing well. And let's say, let's say you're, okay, I don't know how you're doing right now, but you're doing, let's say you're doing well right now. I'm and, doing well and then, right now, and so then yeah. you know, there come, you know, let's say, in a, you know, couple of days or something things happen when do you know that you need to to focus your mind or do the things that you do to help calm yourself down because you're already taking your meds you're seeing your therapist but you know it also you know how what when's that time come to you when you know that you need to take time out for yourself because that is therapy alone 
So uh, I'm kind of throwing that back your way. What when's when do you when do you when does that kind of time come to you? Well, how do you know that? How does that trigger when you say, "Hey, I need I need to be secluded for a while, read a book, do the things to make my mind healthy." Because you can err on that as well. I mean, both Darren and I. I'm an introvert by nature. I think Darren's more of an extrovert. But we both need our hermit time. We call it. You Definitely. know where. There may be a week or two where we don't hang out. We I just don't even talk. Yeah, yeah. We just kind of are, in, and and that's okay. That's normal. Yeah, I mean, we all have that. No matter how how you're wired. I think the difference between just going through circumstantial depression or anxiety or things like that versus there possibly being a chemical issue. Um, the only measure, the best measure of that is time. And that's how I was brought into the healthcare system to take uh, antidepressants. And many of them, you know, over the years was that, okay, you're, you have this tendency to overthink things, to, you know, to be by the book, to fear God in an unhealthy way, to, and it, it, it's causing behavior that is just not normal for the average person, you know. Um, whether it be in driving, whether it be in your speech, whether it be in perfectionism. This didn't go on for a couple weeks. This went on for years before, and way too long, I think, before I went and sought medical attention. And so, you know, A, identifying, is there a circumstance that's driving your emotions right now? If if you just had a, a major loss in your life and you feel sad, guess what? You're supposed to feel sad, and you need to feel sad. Yeah, you need but, to go ahead. You know, kind of, kind of face it. We are all emotional people. We live off our emotions. If people wouldn't live off their emotions, mm-hmm. there'd be a lot much more logic in this world. But because we live off our emotions, that's impossible. Though, we, yeah, it's, it's we can. Yeah, it's impossible to do because we live off of our emotions, and some people live off of them because some of us have, like me, who have more issues. I'm more. It's more detrimental, or I show them more. It's more. It's it, it tends to have more of an effect on me. Yeah. That you have to kind of know when is that. And so you you can't sit there and binge watch the news when there's been a national tragedy. Yeah, yeah. For eight hours and come away feeling better. Or, yeah, or else it's gonna I'm cr- the same. Or, or else yeah. going to corrupt my mind. Yeah. And so, like you know, like for instance, I take a PRN. You know, for as needed medication, and I have there's days there's there's I mean there's you know, like times when I don't t- well I won't take it because coping skills that I've learned on my own are enough. Mm-hmm. And you have to come to a point like he's saying. When is that point when you need to, when you feel like you see when you need when it's just life experiences because life happens to us all the bad the good. And, you know, and so this generation, not this, I couldn't, shouldn't say this generation or a generation. I think just as all society has made people to be like, everything is okay to them. And, mm-hmm. but where there is a standard, there, there is a standard and there's things that aren't okay, you know, and, and you have to really look at yourself and see, is this just circumstantial? Is this in a place? Am I just in a bad funk right now? Am I in a place? Do I need to rush to my doctor? Yeah, and your personal history can probably tell you that. I mean, have you gone through a couple of weeks of sadness and come out of it and been fine for 
you know, a longer period of time. And, you know, our, our, our bodies are cyclical. But we're, we're talking over a long period. Now, here's a question that I don't have the answer to, Darren. And, and we're going to get a, um, uh, a Twitter. Um, we're going to get on the Twitter. Yeah. We're, we're going to tweet. We're going to do the tweets. And we'll have an overly medicated um, uh, Twitter page where you can comment back to us. And so um, that'll be up here within the week. And so you can start to answer some of these questions we're posing. Um, um, I got to think of the question. I lost my question in my little promo for Twitter. Thank you, Twitter. Please, please monetize this podcast. Um, but yeah, you, you got to look at your past history. Um, but then if it extends beyond that, that you're sad for weeks on end or have panic attacks consistently or this, that, or the other thing, um, there may be emotional issues to that. You know, you may have been a victim of abuse or, or whatever that therapy will help. But um, oh, uh, here, here's the question I had. I remembered it. Um, sometimes people are in circumstances. Say they lost someone close to them. And for that period of time, let's say three-month period of time, they'll go to the doctor and they'll be prescribed um, medication, Paxil, Prozac, whatever it may be, um, and MAOI, which, um, but then the whole idea is once this period is over with, they'll go off of it. Yeah. Do you think that's responsible use of medication by doctors for a season of grief, or should we just let our bodies go through it however they do? I think that it depends on, okay, it, there's, because of you have to take, there's so many variables and factors you have to take into play there. First of all, you mainly, you have to take in um, all the, you have, I mean, each individual person is different in how they respond mm-hmm. to, in every situation and what is the situation. And, but oh, if you want to get an overall thing is, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> um, are doctors over-prescribing Medication in um, for short-term circumstantial grief and and life life happening. Um, I and basically, what you're saying is it just depends on the person. It, well, no, it depends on the per, it depends on you. Mm-hmm. You have to look at yourself and see the life experiences that you've that you've dealt with. And I had to do this myself and say, is this a time when I need to be on meds, or is this a time when just I'm going through a crappy time and I've been through it before and I can make it through it again because. You know, because as we said, medication is not the cure-all. You have to put your own yeah. work in. That I cannot emphasize that more. You have to put your own work in or you will fail no matter what you do. And I think what it matters, I think what it comes down to is, is I think that, I think that, yeah, if you need it for a time, I think it's okay for a doctor to give it for a time. But what you got to be careful is, is do you got to do your research? Don't take the first medication the doctor or say just when he, the doctor's going to throw out a medication. Say, say, okay, let me think on it. The doctor's going to be be respectful of that and let you think upon it. That way, you can do your research, talk to people, you know, find the right research, good medical information sites, not. Don't just look just YouTube. Don't just YouTube it. <laughs> Find good sites like the Mayo Clinic, things like that that have good Web, answers. WebMD. Yeah, WebMD. Yeah, there's a lot of there's some sites I can throw up that have good answers. And Sasquatch Chronicles. Yeah, Sasquatch. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Sasquatch Chronicles. Shout out to to Wes at Sasquatch a, Chronicles, which is a thing, by the way. It's my favorite Bigfoot podcast. Um, okay, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I think Darren's absolutely and, right. And it, it is contextual. 
and circumstantial. Let me throw out, let me approach it from the above the trees view, just okay. a blanket statement. Um, in general, and this is my opinion, I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on TV. Um, Dr. Oz? Dr. Oz. Um, no, Dr. Uh, Kevorkian? Uh, Jekyll. No, 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 not, <laughs> not Dr. Jekyll. Um, yeah, um, um, sometimes, <laughs> Mr. Hyde. Not Dr. Kevorkian. Yeah. I don't. Uh, Dr. Who? I want Kevorkian. I never got into Dr. Who. He's, do, no. I like got through one episode of Dr. Who, and that was it. I never did, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, Dr. Strange, there's the Yes, man. I like that. Mr. Yes. Cumberbatch. You know, my... I, I watched an interview with him, and he was making fun of his name. And he says, "You know, you know this. He's obviously one who didn't change his name when he became famous." He says, "Because yeah. my last name sounds like a fart in a bathtub." What's his name? Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, if you're going to make fun of your well, name, that's yeah. classic. So that's and he did the best Alan Rickman impersonation Alan that, I've, Rickman, that I've heard. Yes, yes. So uh, God rest his soul. Um, blanket statement by Dan: If you're in a, if it's a circumstantial issue. You lost a loved one. You lost a pet. You lost, you know, an opportunity. You lost a job. You, know, you lost a spouse. Um, um, if you can cope without meds, do it. Yes, by all means. If you can lean upon your people, lean upon your family, lean upon your friends... Um, you know, find some uplifting music or podcasts or shows or thing, whatever it takes. If you can do it without meds, do it without meds. And that's that's a very a non-contextual blanket statement. Um, and only you can answer that. You know, and and don't answer that in a spur of a moment. It's not like, you know, um, I remember someone who went into a loss. I think they lost their mother or father, but they were up in age, you know, maybe 50s, 60s and things like that, and they lost their mother and father. They were in the hospital, <clears throat> and because they were weeping and so grieved that they just immediately put them on meds. On meds. And then they're hooked. And it was an antidepressant. Yeah, and then... It wasn't a relaxation okay. thing. Yeah. It was just, okay, you, you're having trouble. Obviously, you're being emotional, so you know, what's wrong with being emotional? Yeah, that we're all emotional, and yeah. with, I, w- I would not want to live in a world where I wasn't, didn't feel emotions. Let, let's throw out a word here. I think, I don't know that they use this word, but if I was describing her behavior at the time, I would say hysterical. Yeah. So what do you do with someone who's hysterical, quote? You, you medicate you, you them. Me- <laughs> but you know what? You can only cry so much. You can only stay in that emotional heightened state for so long. And then you come down and you find that that hysterical moment actually was very cleansing and very healing. And so why curb the mind's natural way of purging itself and healing itself and and processing this terrible experience? I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. We have, I am sorry for interrupting, but... That's, no, I have said this over and over again to people. You are your best therapist. Yeah. You are. Because you're the one that knows in your mind where you're at and, and how bad you are, how good you are. But yet your mind can be mis- misconstrued, you know, due to mental illness and stuff. But you're your best doctor. Because you're the one, like I, like the other day, just for instance, this past weekend, I started thinking about the death of my parents. What if my father, what parents were to pa- pass? just randomly out of, my, you know, out of my mind. And a 
deep sinking feeling. I mean, a hopeless, just like downward spiral. I mean, and I started going downward a spiral. But my, but my, instead, what I did was I took myself out of that spiral. I mean, I was literally laying in my bed, you know, because I didn't want to move because I was, you know, worrying, and I was all in my mind, just worried for no reason, worried about my dad. But, but what I did was I got out of bed and I started playing with my dog. I started doing things that are just mm-hmm. naturally that make you happy. There are so many things looking at nature that things that you love, try, you know, and distractions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, anyway. our our our. Uh grandparents generation had this phrase they called borrowing trouble yes and you know and um you know jesus said you know give no thought for tomorrow that's tough um and by the way if if you don't come from a christian worldview welcome you are welcome here this is not yeah this, a is, christian not, this podcast. is not a christian podcast i just happen to be a christian yeah. um and so that's you know where i draw a lot of my strength from is is those uh, quotes from scripture but but um yeah uh, darren's absolutely right get out get up and do something you're the worst place the worst place is your easy chair the worst place um yeah if if it's comforting for you to binge watch netflix for a while do that for a while but don't do it for three days um if it's if it's um helpful for you to to take a nap that's great but don't miss a week of work Laying in bed, Thera- um, the therapies that you go ahead. No, you're right. Just, the therapy, live life. Yeah, live life. You got to find the therapies that you do for yourself. Like what? Like me? Spend like, money. Yeah, yeah. Spend money. Go, <laughs> yeah, go, go. You know, go get. You Charge up your my credit best cards. Advice is to get in credit card debt. Yes. If we want to leave, let's leave it on that. Uh, in was, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This has been no, yeah. um, uh, but. You know how to how, that probably that's just going to cause go greater how to go porn a matter of a day. Yeah, that will cause future. Don't do things that will cause you worse depression in the future. Um, but but yeah, I, I do think you know on the the micro level, Darren's absolutely correct. That question I posed is an individual question for every context. On the macro level, if you can get by and cope without it, you know I have a family history of anxiety, depression, addiction. You know, in, in my family, um, same here. My grandfather had it, and he took Valium. Um, my father had the same genetic disposition, and he decided, no, I'm not going to take meds. I'm just going to deal with this, and he has his ways of dealing with it um, because of the way I'm wired and the chemicals in my brain and the way you know, being in a helping profession the isolation of that and just being in your head a lot and dealing with, you know, life and death and eternal issues. It, it just, it, you know, I don't think I started off 30 years ago. I had tendencies toward OCD, but it became full blown when I entered into a profession that I loved yet over the course of time, I didn't, I did it as a person with OCD, not as a healthy person, and that just made it worse, and it just made the guilt worse and things like that. And so, um, yeah, it was something that was genetic, but it was something that was also developed. And over the course of time, you know, my therapist, doctors were able to see this happening, you know, hey, you've been suffering this for this for, for eight years, ten years. Perhaps some medication would be appropriate yeah, now here. Is, yeah, now is it more and, now is it time. Yeah. and believe me, in future episodes, we'll talk about the roller coaster ride of trying medications hmm. holy but, cow um, well let's uh, let's, 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 
I yeah. wanted to, I wanted to say let's one sing thing. a song, Darren. Let's sing a song. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, We've talked a lot about you know other coping skills that you can do on your own, and on this episode, in the next episode, you know, in the next uh, segment we put out, we will discuss more about when you when it is time to go see a doctor. Yeah, you know, because it, where there, do there, you go? Yeah, when do you, when do you go? Because I mean, there was a time when I knew I had to go, and when Dan had to, you know, he had to go, and I had a negative first experience with that too yeah and i thought i went to the right place and it's not that i went and i had no idea i was at the wrong place and i didn't know that until the doctor told me i was yeah I mean, basically you're in the wrong place and that would have been fine That's i have wrong. no problem with someone I, i've had to tell people you know you need about 25 cents worth of counseling and i can only give you a nickel and so mm. that's great if, if the, the helper can only help so much, but at least refer. Okay, yeah. I'm only this yeah. good, but I know this person or I know this institution or I know this. At least hand off the baton. And that's mm. what was missed with me. And I, I was in a year of limbo, you know, um, until I, found, I finally decided to go to a different therapist because things had gotten so bad. Um, and I wasn't able to do it on my own. I think... I could have, you know, if I would have had the experience I have now 20 years ago, sure. Yeah, but sure. hindsight's twenty twenty in that regard. And so, yeah, let's let's go there definitely, Darren, next week. And so, um, yeah, this has uh, been episode two, Overly Medicated. I hope you've uh, been able to have, get some takeaways from this. Um, hope you had uh, a few laughs along the way. Uh, maybe even a tear was shed. Even a tear. We are weeping as we sit here. Bigfoot's weeping. Uh, Bigfoot. Can he weep? Does Bigfoot blink? Does he have tear ducts? That's, well, you know, there's Bigfoot and then there's Bigfoot. And I've heard of the nasty ones and I've heard of the nice ones. And so you just, you can't tell. He likes beef jerky. He, he does, yeah. Right. But you should never feed the Bigfoot. No. You know why? They'll keep coming back. Mm-hmm. I have adult kids. Stop feeding them. And, stop, <laughs> yeah. and they won't live in your basement. I yeah. get it. The analogy to Bigfoot, you're talking about your kids. Ooh, that's deep. That's what it is. Let me wrestle with that for a couple weeks. And All we'll right, come, Dan, we'll we got to have a counseling session. We better end this episode. Yeah, but i got to counsel so. you for a while. Oh, man. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hey, uh, thanks so much for tuning into this. Yes, thank you. Some of you who are listening to this know us, and we're sorry, <laughs> but uh, this has been so weird. But you know what? We're not sorry because... Well, I'm um, thankful to be honest and be able to share this stuff So because I'd like to be able... To, I've worked, Like I said, I've worked in the school district where I've worked with people with disabilities while I've had a disability. And I'd like to be able to... Whatever help we both can share to your life, We that's what we're here for. Yeah. And I'll, I'll or end, any in light, light. Let me just end with, end with this. One piece of advice. Where do I start? Okay. I, I think I might have a chemical imbalance in my brain, or I think these circumstances, they're piling up, they're overwhelming. Where do I start? Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody you trust. Talk to somebody that is older than you, that you would perceive as wiser than you. Now that age is everything, there, there's some old people that are really stupid, and there's uh, most yeah. old people have enough life experience to be pretty pretty wise. Don't, don't underestimate old people because they've lived a long life and they've been through a lot. That's right, that's right. And... Um, and that's what the movie uh, Fried Green Tomatoes teaches us. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and so... We're no longer friends because you've actually seen that movie. You know, it's the kind of movie I'd never watch now. 
No, but I've I've changed. Still though, it's I've changed. Yeah, um, But you know, <laughs> when you're married, you have to see Pride and Prejudice at least once. You know, and so. Um, Are you trying to make me have to go see my therapist? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but but uh, usually I like movies with explosions and. And yeah, anything, aliens. anything that has to do with doomsday and the destruction yes. of the world. Oh. Yes. Here we have people who have wrestled with depression. What's our favorite movies? <laughs> death, destruction, death, death mayhem, destruction. worldwide yes, mayhem. Yeah. chaos. <laughs> um, Anarchy. Yeah. Well, you can uh, diagnose us as uh, we try to help you as well. So thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Uh, again, Overly Medicated. Be looking uh, in the next uh, few days uh, on Twitter, just uh, search. Uh, we'll just try to get overly medicated as a title, and and uh, we'll have a uh, email up as well if you're not the social media type. And if we can be of any service to you, uh, we certainly will. And uh, please don't hesitate to answer questions, ask questions, or or answer or questions, email questions. Yeah, or answer questions. I'd love to hear. That's what I'm most excited. I to want hear answers. About. I'm most excited here. Hear what other people have. To say. We are not doing this podcast to give you answers. We are doing this podcast to get answers. Yes, we need help. We, we need for therapy. Would you please help us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> help us as we help you. Help us to help you by helping us. Helping us become. Help you. That's an endless loop. Now I'm just confused. That's an endless circle. That's like a Celtic circle of death right there. So I think this is a good time to end the in the podcast. podcast yeah. Okay, okay. I think we're starting to go into the realm of nonsense. Nonsense. Um, ooh, the realm of nonsense. That's another good band name. That could be our next episode title. Next episode, episode three of Overly Medicated, will be titled The Realm of Nonsense. Thanks. Catch you guys later. Have a good day. Keep your head above the water lines and uh, don't do drugs. Stay encouraged. Bye. Hey guys, just wanted to give a quick shout out for the music on this episode. Want to thank KJ52, Wake Up Call, and the wonderful podcast, Attention Hellmark Shoppers. We'll catch you on the flip side. Wake up to a cloudy day, dark rolls in and it starts to rain. Staring out to the cage like walls, time goes by and the shadows crawl. Crushing candy, crushing pills, got no job, mom pays my bills. Texting exes, get my feels, sweating bullets, Netflix chills. World's out there singing the blues, 20 more dead on the evening news. Think to myself, really, what's the use? I'm just like you, I was born to lose. Why, oh why can't you just fix me? When all I want to feel numb, but the medication's all gone. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.